It is August 2020. This is behind the DM screen. We are three DMs helping each other out. That's the show intro. I don't. I assume I forgot something. I'm out of. I don't know. I'm all flustered tonight. Uh, Thank you to Skull Split Dice for uh, running, uh, uh, allowing us to run a, 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 a what? What are we calling it? A giveaway? Yeah, sure. Contest giveaway. Uh, I was going to mention it after uh, Mike, or after you actually have your turn, but you, I mean, if you want to bring it up now, that's fine. Anyway, that was, that was uh, DM Samuel, Sam Dillon over there, uh, jumping in. Hey, and, Sam. And we're also here with Mike Shea, as always. So we have the original hey, crew together. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Now we start. Uh, we have 15 minutes on the clock, so each of us get to go. We can't go overly long, we, we always say, but in reality, we can't go overly long because Mike has to leave in an hour, so uh, we got we, we to keep moving. And then we go we go over anyway, so and then we go, then we go over, over anyway. anyway. And then Mike has to leave, and Sam and I just keep, keep talking by our, <laughs> the two of us. Oh, so. man, that Mike. <laughs> and shake your head. <laughs> that's when we, that's when we get to talk about Mike uh, uh, behind his back because yeah. we know he's never going to go Fair. back and watch the video. He's never going to listen exactly. to the podcast. <laughs> My wife does know, and she'll know. Oh, okay. yeah, but yeah. maybe we're talking. I got Maybe so, she's in this, on it. This is this is how I can tell my ego has lost control is I don't mind listening to myself. Oh, well, <laughs> most people like hate listening to themselves. I'm like, man, I'm funny. I, I, I don't, uh, dislike listening. To my, I mean, I've edited myself enough. I don't hate listening to myself, but I don't listen to pot, podcasts after Sam's edited it and put it out and whatever. Uh, I don't, I never listen to the episodes that I'm in because like, I was there. I heard it, right? <laughs> so I always sometimes when I'm when I'm editing, I forget how I sound, and I'm like, "Who the hell said that?" Oh, it was yeah, <laughs> no, it's <not>. right. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, I, I have way too much stuff to listen to between my my Audible membership and and all of my podcasts that I that I subscribe to. There's no way I can waste time listening to myself. So that's why I'm glad Sam does the editing because I don't have time to hear myself two three times. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, what's our order tonight? Uh, our order is you, Mike, and then I get to finish things off. So, uh, so I let's yeah, that's enough jabber at the fr- at the top. Sam, you got fifteen minutes. Tell us about your game. Okay. okay cool. So I've got two games still, and uh, one of them is my D and D brief game, which. Uh, the podcast is several episodes behind now because I'm editing them into one-hour episodes, and then we haven't been releasing them because uh, they announced that Don't Split the Podcast is going to actually shut down. And I've been casting around for a new host for my podcast. And uh, and for those of you on the stream, you get to hear that we're going to start uh, hosting that on the Tome Show. So, um, But what's going on in that game is my group is still stuck in a library. <laughs> and it's the the largest library in the world and and it's so huge and I knew they would get stuck here because they have a lot of questions because for the entirety of the game they have just been building up question after question after question of things that they want to know uh about what the hell is going on and um so now they're stuck there because they <laughs> they have so much that they want to ask and find out and they are learning a ton about what's going on and I don't want to super spoil it but um 
I think there's probably going to be about four sessions left, four 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 hour sessions. Uh, in maybe, the library? In, no, no, no. For the whole for the whole thing. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. Everything's coming to a head. So no, no. They're going to be out of the library this Sunday. Where they're going to end up leaving probably. Um, and so I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm having to to sort of design the end game, trying to figure out, you know what. Uh, what sort of what are the sort of three most likely things that they're going to have to do or that they're going to have to meet or what are the challenges? And so that's kind of really fun for me, but also kind of really daunting because um, as one of my uh, one of my players said to me, you know, about in session number six or something, he said, you know, Sam, this is really interesting and I really want to learn all of this stuff. And there's a lot of lore here and I'm just, I'm really interested, but I'm, I'm so excited about what's going to happen and how this is going to play out. You better not game of thrown us thrown. <laughs> and I was like, well, luckily for me, I never watched that show, Yeah, but don't, don't blow the ending. I, I, yeah, I know, I know. But I know the reference because it was so bad. So bad. Um, or at least created such an uproar that I, that I know the reference. Oh, so no, it was bad. Yeah. I, so so I'm trying not to do that. So there's a little tiny bit of pressure. And I know that's not why he said that he wasn't trying to put pressure on me, but, uh, so, so I'm, so I'm, I'm not going to talk about that tonight though, because I'm still forming things and something, one thing has to get settled on Sunday in Sunday session before I really know like what's going to happen there. So next time I'm going to, that's what I'm going to be talking about. So next time we meet, we're going to be planning the end game of my, of my campaign for the, for the D and D brief. So, my other game is a fifth edition game in in my own homebrew setting. Also, sort of, I'm I'm I was running a I ran a couple of sort of small dungeons because this is remember this is um this is one of those um those games where they they really they said they wanted to really play a lot of dungeon crawl and so I've sent them in a couple of different small dungeons and they had basically what amounts to fetch quests to go in and they, they, they're on a major fetch quest to find something. Uh, and now they're in the first level of their fifth level. Now they're in the first level of, of Undermountain. Um, although they're not in the forgotten realm, so they didn't go through the yawning portal and all that. They had, they found another way in and it's not called Undermountain for them. And it's only the one level right now. Is it, um, is it the 5e Undermountain, or did yeah. you go pull some old... No, no, no. It's 5e Undermountain from Dungeon of the Man Mage. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm gotcha. doing it very similar. Um, but And and the fact, factions are there, but they, of course, have different bosses, right? Because they're, they're not in Waterdeep, so there's no Xanathar. Um, but here's my thing, right? Uh, I'm getting very... I'm, I'm having a, 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 a digital crisis because... I'm getting very tired of digital play. Uh oh. Um, and and but not in my other game, right? And and I I don't in my D and D brief game I don't use a tabletop. I I just use OBS and we use uh, Whereby, which is a site where I I can see all of their images, so I can see them when I'm when I'm hosting the game. And it's just like we're sitting around the table, and occasionally I'll throw up a map if they need to see something, or I'll sketch out something and put it on Discord for them to see. Um, but it's not it doesn't require like battle maps and all that stuff. But in my in my other game, I am doing battle maps. I'm using Fantasy Grounds, and I'm doing battle maps for this for this dungeon crawl and for the last couple of little dungeon crawls. And I'm getting digital fatigue. And part of the reason is because number one, technical difficulties. 
because the my two players, you know, they're not super computer savvy. And anytime there is um, uh, the uh, in any time there's there's the slightest sort of um, uh, issue with audio or with them staying synced up with with their with their Wi-Fi because they're on Wi-Fi at their house uh, and and it blips out for a second, they get really frustrated. And and that's totally understandable. I'm not I mean, that's not meant as a derogatory comment on them that's that's what happens it gets very frustrating but i'm getting a little bit of digital burnout because of that because um uh and and i try to like be patient during the game and try to walk them through it but the thing is it interrupts the game so i've tried we've tried different fixes and and different technology-based things to try to alleviate this problem a little bit um but it still has caused a a little bit of an acceleration of the burnout for me Mm. um and so, and and I really just, I really miss my face. To, I miss face to face. I miss the interaction. And because their computers are so laggy, I can't have them on the screen and see their facial expressions and all that when the game is going on. And that's, I think, the part that's actually yeah. burning me out. I don't actually think it's the technical difficulties. I think that's masking the real issue. And the real issue is I can't see them when I'm running the game. And uh, so much of what I do has a lot has a huge improv aspect, but to be able to really make that improv aspect work, I need the facial feedback and the body language from my players, um, especially with these two guys because they're they're these are the kids, the teenagers that I play with, right? So they're very young, but they're very expressive. And uh, when we're playing face to face, and I hear their side conversations, I can sort of. Uh, address the issues that they're bringing up with each other in the game right and and not necessarily like interrupt them and tell them something but like just if they're if they talk about something i can make sure that that thing um happens in the game in a way that they can understand what was happening if, if you know what i mean um and i can't do that when i can't see their faces and it's driving me crazy and so for that reason i feel like i'm having a lot of digital burnout so my question is what advice do you have for me because the thing is i i'm not going to see them face to face probably uh, until next year i i really th- i mean like my college we're not even we're doing like a very low level reopening i'm not even going to be on campus except for very you know like very few times and most of my instruction is going to be online um and that's already i mean like (laughs) jeff knows that's like so hard to deal with and and all of that and i can deal with all that but that's you know that so to have technical difficulties in my fun time it just makes it even worse you you know what i mean so i think things are culminating in i i don't know what to do i'm trying not to be super burnt out but um, but how I many know. how many total players do you have? Just two. Okay, huh? So that my first thing was like, if you had a lot of players, it'd be hard. Uh, you know, my answer is I don't know. Right? <laughs> I don't I don't know how to yeah. handle that. Um, I have video for a couple of my players, but most of my players I don't have video. And um, I think having played with them for years in person has kind of helped me know. You know, I probably have like a better sync, or at least I think I do, a better sync of like how they're doing with something, um, just by tone of voice and stuff like that. I think with my adult players, I 
if we suddenly couldn't use video anymore, I would be okay because yeah. I know th- I know they're. Uh, first of all, I've always for this particular group, I've always played online with them, so I sort of uh, I know their pauses. I I know their sort of um, their vocal mannerisms if they're pausing to because they're trying to figure out what to say or if they're you know what I mean. Like I yeah. I I'm a little more familiar with that. Whereas with these kids. I'm I'm used to playing face to face with them, so it's hard to not have them in yeah. video. It's also uh, part of the conceit of that adult game that you you know you debrief, you talk about the way things are going and what mm-hmm. people are thinking right. and all that. So so I imagine you've built a culture there where they're pretty clear about those things, even uh, if you can't see it on their faces. So right. yeah, I, I try to I try to get more feedback. I don't know that I'm doing this particularly well, but I try to get more feedback. I think because we're not, you know, because we don't have that extra layer of, of sort of subtle interaction, mm-hmm. uh, you know, asking them, are we, you know, we all having fun tonight, you know, how are things going, right. you know? And so I, I think you probably have less of this problem than if you, you would, if you had more players, but kind of checking in with people who have been quiet for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, are we missing anything or, you know, go if uh, what what do you use for your what's your what tool are you using to talk to them? So uh, I was using Discord. OK, um, but for for some reason, the settings on their computers. Yeah, is not really amenable to like, I, I don't know what kind of microphone they have. And I think right. however they have it set up and, and I and I haven't been able to walk them through fixing that. You might like, norm, normally yeah. I would just be at their house and I would say, here's. Let, so you might it, you, know. you might ask them if they can use their phones instead of their computer. I was going to yeah. suggest um, that that's one of the Discord, things in my group yeah. we've done where yeah. a few people so got, are having issues and they use their phone right. instead of their computer. Right. And I've, I've had. I've got so I've got one one guy who's got a, a terrible computer and I don't think he's he's ever installed Discord on it. He just uses his phone all the time and that works okay. fine. His and, phone I, through, and I like that Discord one because like or yeah, that's right. Okay. He uses his okay. phone through Discord and then he when he rolls he rolls physical dice on the table and you can hear him roll and then hear him curse. Right, and that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I've got another friend where they've had a lot of trouble. They like you know a lot of different trouble with both computers. So it's a couple. And they usually have two computers going because they want to be able. So they have one audio video system, mm-hmm. but they have two machines so that they can have uh, character sheets and stuff set up. And uh, that's a little trickier. And they usually you know, a couple times now they've kind of dropped in the middle of a session or their audio will drop and we won't hear them, but they can hear us, in which right. case we hear them swearing a lot. <laughs> and then um, so then and the fallback is pull out your phone and connect on the phone. Right. And they can yeah. put the phone on speaker, throw it on the table. Phone phones these days have really good mics. Mm-hmm. You know, have really good noise cancellation. They're they they know about handling echo. Right. So right. they they're they're pretty good uh as a as a fallback. And if they're on there uh for some reason, I don't know why this is, something about cable and whatever, but uh if they're on their phone's network, that usually is more stable than like a home Wi Fi network. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually not as fast, but it's usually more stable and it can at least do voice and stuff. Right. Right. Um, so those are those are now the other problem, though, is you burn battery life. So they better be ready to plug in. And, you know, right. Yeah. But that's that's uh, the other option. Yeah. The, the, the real problem, I think, is that they're not tech savvy at all like this. Yeah. They, they've only had computers for since last August. So for a year. Right. Um. Yeah, Discord's Discord can be tricky. You know? Yeah, it's a little they, easier to operate. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like I've got, I got people that are not technically savvy at all and they still manage right. to get this word going. Yeah. The only trick I mean, there is you got to feel like, Hey, make sure that you're in the text channel. I just pasted mm-hmm. it in there. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and the other problem is they're brothers. So they sit in the same room. Right. right? And, and so that has worked out actually in our favor a couple of times because then one of them just turns off their audio altogether and they use the same audio. Yeah. So that, I don't know if that, that helps. Right. But that helps a little bit, except when, then when they talk to each other, it doesn't, I don't always hear everything they say because it, it doesn't transmit both of them. Right. And that's part of where, that's part of where I have an issue. Right. right. Because they do a lot of table talking because they're trying, you know, there's only the two players. And so they're trying to, you know, work through like, how this works in D and what about this character? What about this idea? And I need to hear that stuff because of the right. way that I improv relies on right. having heard that conversation amongst the players. So it's, it's a, uh, it's a thing, you know, and I, I, that's a good idea. I should tell them to put discord on one of their phones and then they can use that. It's yeah, also, or, or you can even have like three discord devices, right? They could have both their computers, yeah. which they use for chat, for chatting and right. for all the text-based stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they have one phone that sits between them. That's got discord I, on yeah, audio yeah. and it's connected. Yeah. In and, my, yeah. my group also started using with the, 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 our online play using discord for our video chat as well. And, and it didn't, it did, there were latency issues and, and, and all that kind of yeah. stuff that you're the, kind of what you're talking about. Right. Uh, and so it might be worth exploring what the other options are, um, you know, uh, right. whether it's yeah. zoom or zoom, Skype or zoom whatever, or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, it, for whatever reason, yeah, those, those might zoom. just function better on their devices and whatever, uh, just as an alternative. And you might discover that it, that it solves some of those issues. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've thought about trying Zoom because I know they use Zoom for their schooling because, of course, they're in high school and they ended up going on, you know, off, you know, they're in New York. So right. when when my school shut down, their school shut down, too. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so that was. Um, yeah, so it, it's just a thing, you know, I I'm I, I, because the thing is, like, I really I've used lots of different virtual tabletops. I've used Roll20, I've used Fantasy Grounds, I've used D20 Pro, I've used Foundry, I've used, you know, all these different kind of things. Um, and uh, this this group of people, that these two people, are the only two where I have a problem every single session. Like, often, there's a couple, you know, the first two sessions, it's a little problem, and then but everything kind of gets worked out, and then it's pretty stable the rest of the time. But every single game, we have an issue. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if you're uh, an audience member out there and you are experiencing this, just know that you're not alone. Right, and I'm yeah. I'm very tech savvy. In fact, the everything they have on their computers, it's because I installed it mm-hmm. and I set up all their passwords the way they wanted and all that. Because their their parents are not tech savvy at all either, okay. and I'm their mom is my coworker, so I. I'm, you know, we're friends and whatnot. And so I've, I do all of their tech support basically. And it's still like, it's the one thing that has not settled out is how we can access this game consistently. So it's very frustrating. To me. I bet well, it would be worth having a Tome Show show about like three months with online play. That like now that, you know, there's some of us like I was talking about the fact I never had played regularly online. Right. right. And then all of a sudden every game I ever played is online. (laughs) Right. Like yesterday, my group was like, 
yeah. did we start this campaign in person? And I'm like, I can't remember. I have no right. idea. The, 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 this is a conversation that I had early on in this process. And I'm like, well, we kind of missed the boat on that one. Everybody's got it figured out by now. But of course, I well, didn't, I, I didn't yeah, anticipate we'd still be doing it. Years you know? of experience. Yeah. Or three months of experience. Right? That, right. I've got 50 games that I've played online now of 40 ish games, yeah. you know, and like it, there's something about having just recently learned it. But having done it enough to really get over some of the big hurdles, I think it'd be right. some interesting stuff there. Right. Yeah. No, I think, and I think, I think you're right. I think there's, in fact, when this is all over with, we could probably do a masterclass on the subject. You know, and, and yeah, right. Um, yeah, like you know. But there's something useful about having learned the lessons now, like just mm-hmm. recently, oh. instead of like, oh, I played for ten years on it. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Ten years. Right. I don't know. Many people played ten years online. <laughs> I I uh, I, uh, I leaned very heavily early on on. Um, uh, Ishmael, who who does our social media stuff, uh, and and people might know in the chat or on Twitter as Elven Wizard King, and um, mm-hmm. he he came on and, and gave me a, a crash course a couple of times, just trying to wrap my head around Roll Twenty. Uh, it was not mm-hmm. intuitive or easy for me to get into, but once he got me over a couple of hurdles, that was that was a game changer. And so yeah. I think having that opportunity to to talk through that with people might might be useful if that yeah. ship hasn't already sailed for them, given that everybody who needed to convert to online play at, in the current community has probably already done so. Right. Well, you know, what's funny is, I mean, I've been playing online since back in the fourth edition days. Like, mm. way, in fact, that's how I met Newbie DM. I don't know if you guys remember, but way back in 20, 2009 or 2010 or one of those, I, I was running a game with map tools and Newbie DM was in my game. That's awesome. And uh, and that's how we that's I mean, I, we met on Twitter, but then he's like, oh, yeah. And so he was, you know, and so that that was a real big community builder for me, because at the time I didn't have a face to face group. I had just moved and all that. Um, and so like so that sort of built things. So I've been playing online. That's how I've used so many virtual tabletops, because mm-hmm. I've been playing for a long time online, but I still prefer face to face. But now we're kind of forced into it because of the pandemic. And. I think it's bringing up different problems in a way because so many people are doing it. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's kind of this progression of things are better and better and better. And, you know, like I'm not trying to dog on virtual play. Like, hey, look, if I didn't have the, this, this ability, yeah. I wouldn't be getting to play at all. And that right. sucks, right? Right, so, like not playing. Playing is better than not playing. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. So anyway, but my time was up a long time ago. So I will see right. to you. Your time, your time was up and we need to make sure that, that- – Mike gets to his pudding or ice cream or whatever PC. he's got scheduled at 9.15. Yep. <laughs> a cupcake. I have a, I have a cupcake 8, waiting 9, for him. Cupcake. That's, that's important to get to. You... Yep. Okay. Uh, so in that case, uh, we're going to let Sam's time wrap up here. And as Sam mentioned at the in the opening, there is a contest going on. Um, Skull Splitter Dice for, the, for a four-month period. So the last two months and this month and next month uh, has sponsored a contest on the show. Um, and so... We, we've been using that as an opportunity to point people towards some of our ver- the various ways you can interact with us and, and the Tome Show community. This month, if you want to be entered in the Skull Splitter Dice contest and win, uh, this month's contest was bundle was particularly good. There's like several sets of metal dice in there and, and a tray and all kinds of cool stuff in there. They, they keep throwing some really great bundles at us. Um, so if you uh, want to be part of that, you should totally – join the Tome Show Discord because that's how you enter and win this time around. Yeah. So uh, we also want to thank people for supporting the show in other ways. 
Uh, but we're going to get to those after Mike talks. So, Mike, you Yo. have 15 minutes on the clock. All right. Or, or you will in a moment. So start talking now, and you can get some extra, extra uh, time. What, what do you want? I have three different games I can talk about. Uh, I can talk about my two Eberron games and how they have split in different directions, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I can talk I, about my, I am the Matrix voted for dissent. I know. Yeah. So that that's one vote. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I can talk about my one on one game with my wife that we've been playing, or I can talk about my Descent into Avernus game. Which one do you two guys want? So I think in the I think last time we chatted, you mostly talked about Eberron. I thought so, but we got into a big Avernus conversation. We did, but I think that was before the actual recording. I don't remember now. Yeah. Yeah. Which do you want to hear? Um, I guess I wouldn't mind hearing about the Eberron one since, since that's okay. kind of Sam, what, what you've heard about before. Uh, I, I like the Eberron stuff because I'm not super familiar with Eberron, and so it's always interesting. Eberron it is. So... Uh, I am running. Sorry, two. I am the Matrix. Yeah, that's all right. I'll talk about. It. Maybe we'll we'll sneak in a little. Uh, the truth is, I really don't have a whole lot to say about Avernus. <laughs> so, um, but I am running it tomorrow night. Uh, so I'm running two Eberron games: my Wednesday game and my Sunday game. Uh, I am homebrewing the campaign, the adventure, uh, setting it in Eberron. And, um, one thing that is keeping me from going insane. So I was, I was interested in what Sam said about like how to build that ending and, and, you know, people like, don't, don't you game of Thrones this thing. And I, I thought about like, boy, one thing that's happened to me, and I think I've talked about it here too, that my imposter syndrome is really kicking in high when I'm building my own campaigns. Like, I just don't feel like anything is real. And like, when I come up with an adventure, it's like, it's not nearly as solid as a real you know, a real adventure, right? Like one that somebody wrote and play tested and stuff. And instead I'm just making things up. Um, but I also like the flow of the story. I've been enjoying where it's been going. I've got one of the better villains that I've ever made. And the thing that has not driven me, one thing that has helped me not go insane is that it's basically the same story and same major drives and same major characters uh, with two different groups taking different directions. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing there is Isn't that... Isn't that how the, all your campaigns go? Because you always yes, usually run the same campaign The difference is, yeah, that's... Yes, I usually run the same campaign for two groups. I plan to continue to do that because it makes it much more... It's very easy to run two weekly groups when they're doing the same adventure. But they do fork. And so, like, in my, in my uh, Ghost of Saltmarsh one, we had the whole thing about one group released the vampire, one didn't, and that made a massive difference. Mm -hmm. So, in this one, there was a bit where, uh, where I have a main villain. His name is Leto Skull. He is trying to acquire all of the components needed to build the Weapon of Mourning or a new weapon of mourning, uh, which is like this devastating weapon of mass destruction. And he has been working a bunch of angles. So he's been working this group of like, you know, they're kind of like the equivalent of the skulls, uh, the, uh, the Aurum they're called. They're like a, a, you know, a rich person's not so secret, secret society. Uh, he's been working the criminal monstrous criminal organization known as the Dask, uh, and their leaders, which are these three hags that run this group called the Droam. Uh, he's been working, he worked the characters for a little bit, but really he's on his own, right? He's, he's, you know, he's like Belloc and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like he, you know, the Nazis are like a pathway. They're not, they're not, I don't work for them. You know, I'm just, we both, we both happen to be aiming in the same direction. Um, and, uh, 
so the interesting thing is that in one group, they killed like Belloc's right hand, who was a, uh, uh, a Lamia named um, Valentine. Uh, and the other groups didn't kill her. And actually, there's one major fork in the story, which is in one group, she's immortal. And in the other group, she's not. Like, I don't want to rob one group of having killed her because they just won't dig it if she comes back. But the other group, they threw her, they, they tried to interrogate her and she wasn't having any of the interrogation. They're like, we're going to throw you out of the door of this airship. And she's like, I don't care. And they did. Well, the reason why she doesn't care is that she's immortal. She will, she will, her body will break apart and then reform at the ruin where she was cursed. Right. And that's her, you know, that's her, her, her lot to bear is that she will be continually reborn uh, at the, at the lair that she was supposed to inhabit for her whole life, which happened to be moved brick by brick by Lido skull into, into Sharn. So normally she'd be in some ruin out in the middle of the jungles of Zendrak, but now she actually reincarnates back in, in Sharn, which I think is fun. So uh, in one group, they had a massive airship battle and it was awesome. Like they flew their airship. They smashed into the side of Lido skull's airship, which is much bigger. It's like a flying aircraft carrier and they smashed into it and they like got on board and there's like, 30 jackalwares and they had to fight 30 jackalwares all in one big fight and they had to deal with you know valentine who is charming characters and doing all because she's a lamia doing those stuff and they hunted down leto skull and <laughs> at the last session they they got into the vault inside his airship where he has a eberron crystal that's like six tons right it's this huge eberron crystal and it's his catalyst for the weapon of mourning and they blew a hole at the bottom of it and had the crystal just fall out the bottom of the ship. And he looks at them and he's like, what did you do? <laughs> like, are you are you kidding me? And then they're like, we kind of don't know what we did. And I'm like, next <laughs> session, uh, everyone make con saves. Like, let's see <laughs> which of you wake up on the mountainside smashed to death, you know, smashed against the mountainside. And then wake up and look around and see the ruins of the airship and a crater that's like a half a mile big. You know, and, and so I, I kind of like reset the game at that point where now they're like off in the mountains, no airship. They've got nothing. They've got their, 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 you know, a thousand miles from Sharn. And, you know, they met like a, you know, a crazy war forged uh, veteran who lives out in the mountains, you know, and kind of moved there after uh, uh, moved there after the last war. So um, that was one group. The other group found out that Lido Skull was leaving and he set a trap for them and said that he had a group he was working with, the Emerald Claw, another group he's been manipulating, to um, blow up part of Sharn. So the characters had a choice of chasing Leto Skull before he gets out of Sharn or saving the city. And they're like, well, we got to save the city. So they went and they, they stopped the Emerald Claw. They, they stopped them from blowing up the city. And Leto got away. So for them, like, Leto's gone, right? The ship got away. They, 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 there's no chase. They have their own airship now. And um, their airship didn't blow up because they didn't go and get in a big airship fight. Um, but now they're, they have a whole different path. So at this point, like I've sort of hit the midpoint of the campaign, which is it's no longer just set in Sharn. Leto Skull, the main villain they've been hounding on for the last, you know, whatever, four months is, is gone now, one way or the other. He's still out there. He doesn't have everything he needs, but they don't know where he is. They don't know what he's working on next. They're probably going to have to go chase him again. But I, I kind of dialed back the urgency and said, like, OK, now you can have some time for subquests. So I like for my Wednesday group, I threw three different possible options about where they could go now, none of the which are urgent, you know, and one of which is go hunt Lido Skull, go find out where he is. They know already that he's at another city called Eston and they can travel to Eston if they want. But they know, like, they don't have to get there right away. Right. They can they can take time. 
Um, and they all kind of said like, well, we want to go to Aston anyway. Like we know there's these other subplots here that we can follow up, but let's go to Aston. Um, the other group is going to be doing like big travel stuff. I think they're going to head down into the, the, the Eberron un underdark equivalent, which is known as Kyber, right. You know, not to be confused with Kyber, the progenitor dragon or Kyber, the crystals. Um, and, uh, the nice thing about traveling through Kyber is you can travel thousands of miles in just a few miles, right? Like it's, it's a weird, it's, it's a, it's, it's timey wimey and spacey wacy down there. And is it like planar travel where it's kind it's weird, right? It's, 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 it is like planar travel, but it's like, it's, it's sort of the borderlands of, of the world and somewhere else. And, and there's terrible things down there, right? You have the Daleker, which are these like super powerful, you know, entities, I don't know. Is they from Zoriat? I think for they're from Zoriat, which is like the plane of madness. And they're like the, the, the originators of beholders and mind flayers and other kind of aberrant creatures. So when you go down there, you end up fighting beholders and mind flayers and other aberrant creatures. Um, but you can also walk ten, a thousand miles in a few, you know, a couple days. So, uh, that could be interesting. And I can pull out out of the abyss and, and strip out of the abyss for some details because there's some nice, crazy places like the fungal forest, and, uh, you know, some other, maybe, you know, I, I could turn, um, crackle stug into a, uh, more, you know, dwarven more holds. So there's some good reskinning that can happen down there. Um, uh, but it's been really wild to watch sort of the two plots deviate in, in different directions. Um, and I've been enjoying that, uh, an awful lot. Um, it is, you know, kind of piling on the, the topic of running from home, uh, I think it was Enrique and newbie DM on Twitter who said that his group said that they are happy to do online play forever. <laughs> yeah. He was like, sad. He said his, his, right. he's yeah, like, I bought all my stuff and I <laughs> yeah. kind of about it. Like, and I'm like, man, it, I, I think, you know, if, if my own assessment is true, which sometimes your own assessment is never really that accurate, it feels easier for me to play D and D online than it does in person. Mm. That, you know, I'm now wired into Discord enough as my platform for running D&D. Uh, I kind of know what players need to, to be able to, to, to see what's going on. And it's so much faster for me to grab, like, online assets. So the example was my Wednesday group found out that uh, a, the leader of the Emerald Claw in Sharn, whose name is Lord Crash, he was a bone knight that was sent by, uh, what's her name? Uh... I keep wanting to say Lady Vol, but it's not Lady Vol. It's the other one, uh, Ilmaro, Lady Omaro. Um, that uh, I, t I, 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 when I prepped, I said, okay, there's going to be this temple, and they have to get into the basement of the temple. And uh, Lord Crash is there with a Kyber bomb, and he's going to blow up the temple district and send it down because they did that back during the war too. That's how a whole section of the city called um, uh, Fallen had happened. So they were going to recreate Fallen, and. Um, I prepped the whole temple entrance. And then <laughs> during the game, I'm like, you have a couple choices about how to get in here. You can go through the front door or you can try to go through the sewers. And they're like, sewers. And I'm like, oh man, I didn't prep sewers. Right? Like, right. why did I say that? Why did I say that out loud? Right? And like, I ran to, like, while they're talking, I went to Dyson, Dyson logos dot, or Dyson logos dot. And I went to the maps and I'm like, first map that looks like sewers, I'm grabbing that thing. And I took all the encounters that I had in the temple and shifted them over to the sewers. 
and it worked flawlessly. And it was a blast, right? It was like, I, I was so easy for me to improv stuff and improv interesting. Like they met thieves who were trying to rob the temple at the same time that, that the Emerald Claw went through and the thieves were, you know, all beat up and they had a chance to kind of deal with them. And, you know, there was like weird stuff down there, like the discards of, of the temple that were thrown down there when they were building it. So all kinds of interesting stuff that I was able to kind of improv that like, I don't think I'd have been able to improv like that at the table. Right. Like mm -hmm. I think, I think in person I wouldn't have had the same kind of, you know, the same kind of setup. So that's been pretty like that. I don't know how I feel about that. Right. Like I think that probably one of my games will most certainly go back to person. Hopefully that would be probably the same thing like next year sometime. Um, I kind of hope we can go back to the game shop and play again, but you know, that's also kind of a pain in the ass and people have to drive like 30, 45 minutes and that, that whole group moved online and we seem to be doing just fine there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then I've got another group where we're all over the DC area and driving the DC area sucks. Right. So <laughs> stay online because yeah. we've been playing. We used to be once every other month and now we're doing it once every other week. So that, that has been a lot. Easier. Yeah. Yeah. See, no, I mean, my, my group is, 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 I mean, they, we, we desperately miss being able to get together and, and see each other and whatever, uh, to the point that we've started like a, once a month, we just get together at a park and, and sit around and drink where we can distance, you know, um, just so we can get to see other people and all that. But, but we absolutely love the, you know, we've been using Roll20 and we had the subscription with the dynamic lighting and they love it. They love the the maps. It's easy for me to pull tokens out and do things with it. Uh, so the prep is, is uh, there's a little bit more prep ahead of time, but less like sh rifling through my bins of minis trying to find the right thing. Uh, to the degree that like we've seriously talked about when this whole thing is over, can we find some way to meet around the table but still like project yeah, roll 20 I, to yeah. play so so i i think uh who was it somebody in the chat here talked about yeah can't, can't you just use a, a, a tv a tv yeah mm -hmm. and actually i have a monitor up in the room it's not big but i've done that before where yeah. i would i would broadcast stuff up on the monitor so that yeah. people could see it there and that can work yeah. tvs on tables are a thing mm -hmm. I, um, i've done that too it's funny that you talked about like the improbability of when they're chatting about what they want to do, you can just go online and pull the map, yeah. pull a new map and shit. Like the, my kit that I carry from when I go DM, cause I never DM yeah. at my house, my kit has a roll sure. up vinyl mat and a, a bunch of sort of generic tokens, so to speak that, so that if they, if they make a weird decision that I wasn't expecting, I can do that type of improv sure. in person. I actually have a harder time still doing it online because yeah. I I have this like you know it's that it's that perfection is the enemy of good thing right where I want the perfect map no, right I don't want just anything works. Yeah. you have to just pull whatever works and you have right. to learn that that's and yeah and, and doing. right yeah. so like you know I did the same thing right and and not to advertise my own books but in the lazy dungeon <laughs> master workbook which I happen to have right here available for five dollars on uh, drive through RPG has. 10 maps in it that were built specifically to be used for improv play right. that are of 10 different types of locations that are really used often. And I've improv with this all the time. So yeah, that's true. Like it's yeah. not, it's not that it's not quite the matter. It's, I, I don't know. There's something that feels more seamless, uh, when I'm, when I'm doing it online. Um, can I, can I offer a hot take? Can we get into a, a big old scrape? Uh, <laughs> sure. And I don't, you're the one that's got to go. So yeah, I know. And I've got like one minute left. I know your uh, time's up, but go ahead. Oh crap! <laughs> I don't dig roll twenty. Like, sure. 
I, I, so we, we had Gen Con online this past weekend and three of the four tables used, uh, roll 20 discord for chat and roll 20 for VTT. And man, like, and it's not, it's not that I haven't used it, right? Like I've used it. I've run games with it. I haven't run a lot of games with it, but trying to troubleshoot it, you know, talking about DM Samuel and the, and the, and the, and, and like the, the, the technical difficulties, you sort of have this, like, if you have four people, you have eight paths of communication. You have to make sure work, right? It's like, can I hear them all? And can they hear everyone else? Mm -hmm. And it's this network and like anything can screw up either way, right? The microphone could go bad, the headphones. Then you add roll 20 into it. And now you've got a whole other pathway of things that don't work. And it's like the, the number of times that I've had something not work and be in, in roll 20 and will argue, not argue about it, but like there'll be this back and forth conversation only to realize it was like a setting wasn't set. And it right. wasn't that there was a bug or that my thing was screwed up. It was they didn't actually assign me permissions for the character sheet. Right. And it made me want to blow my brains out. It was yeah. like it took 45 minutes out of a four-hour game before yep. we could start. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. And Roll20 has some serious limitations. Uh, I have found that – and I mentioned this in the chat earlier because there's some conversation going on about it. I found that the combination of D&D Beyond Roll20 and, and, and an extension called uh, Beyond20 Beyond – Yes. Has, has is a game changer and, and yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like you talk about having issues with the character sheet in roll 20 i'm like i i don't know what you're talking about i've never used the character sheet in roll 20 in fairness, two of those two of those three games were zweihander they weren't 5e right so yeah but we we did use and, and yeah so we were playing a, a, a margrave game a tales of the old margrave game was one of them and nice. we used beyond we used roll 20 and beyond 20 for that and yeah that was beyond 20 but like that's kind of the point, though, right? That we need this third-party plugin to sure. Chrome to connect on with Roll Twenty. Yeah, the the game that I play, the game that I, the, the game that I play in is played on Roll Twenty. I'm not the GM, and they use the integrated Five E character sheet, and we don't mm -hmm. use Beyond Twenty. Yeah, and it works fine. Like they're they're set up. Good. They run a lot of my DM runs a lot of games. And so their setup is like perfect. And right. there's never a we never have a problem. Like yeah. they just yeah. they've honed their setup. But for me, like roll twenty is an issue because of the browserness of it and and anything with dynamic lighting just hogs so all of my slow. bandwidth. Mm, yeah. And so I use fantasy grounds because I can forward the port. And since I forwarded the port, the the player's signal comes right into the correct yeah. as long as it's set up right, right, the correct port, and no problem, right? And so, so you have like a you know, is your MCSE certified network engineer? No, no, no. I mean, well, I mean, you look. It doesn't. It's, it takes almost nothing to forward a port. Okay? I know. I'm just I mean, so. and and fantasy grounds. You they don't have to know anything about it. They just have to know the password, and it'll it'll forward the port to my computer. So that mm. also really helps when my wife, because my wife works from home. So if she's on a conference call or something, well, I'm not disrupting her because I'm not sucking up so much of the bandwidth. But with mm. Roll Twenty, it's like forget it. We can't. And I, I'm not knocking Roll20. It has a lot of really good not integrated bad. things that are really cool. I have a pro account, yeah. so I, I have access to all of the new developer tools and all that stuff. I don't use any of it because I, it's just not my preferred thing. But right. I can understand why it would be some – some yeah, and I get it. Like, and and I, yeah, my hot take is like, I know I'm in the minority because I know a lot of people use Roll Twenty and they love it. And I don't. Again, if you're playing D and D online, you're playing, and that's playing is better than not playing, no matter right. what. Yeah, um, no, and I, I'm no self like having gone back and forth. I'm so much faster, and my improv ability is so much easier. 
when I'm just able to do everything on one platform and, and discord's not perfect, right. but like grabbing screenshots and maps is easy. Yeah. I'm um, no, I'm no advocate for, for roll 20. I, I'm not, I've never, I don't have anything to compare it to. I've never done fantasy grounds or anything else. Uh, but as uh basis of the game who, who we know is a friend of the show, Jeremiah, um, oh, host of the monster ecologist, um, um, it, it has a low barrier to entry, right? It's it's cheap to jump in and use it and, and get started in it. Uh, and and I have found a way to like it. It works pretty seamlessly with my workflow, and that's all it needs to do. I, I can't say it's better or worse than anything else. I can't say if it's the ideal, uh, but I can say that there are elements of it that my group really likes, uh, and there are parts of it where yeah. we kind of wish we were face to face and able to see each other again. So. Yeah. And I know, right. I've got, I, I'm certainly have players who are playing with other groups that have roll 20 and I think they miss it when I don't use it. Right. right? They, 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 they feel like they don't have as much control over the, cause I use my text-based battle map, which I'm a huge fan of. It's really easy to keep track of like where characters are and I do it all in text chat. Right. And, <laughs> and, and they're like, you know, I have a whole article, my whole article on Sly Flourish is about how to do a text-based. I, I'm, I'm imagining it's like ASCII. Is, is, and you've yeah, got... A little, but it's not a grid. It's, it's <laughs> So it looks like Final Fantasy. Nice. Uh, I'll paste one into the chat. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm done. Anyway, I've had Okay. Fun. Well, uh, and I can talk about how, how smooth it's been using um, using Roll20 and just buying the Curse of Strahd module because that's what I've got going on. And I can talk about how, how all the maps are ready to go. It's all set up and, uh, and it moves pretty smoothly. But first, I want to remind people, if you want to support the show, you can go to thetomeshow.com and click on the Amazon link to support us there. Uh, and that gets uh, spread out and shared with uh, with other folks that help make the show possible. You can go to DMs Guild. That helps us pick up some PDF products for when we do that. Uh, or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash the tome. Um, there you go. That's it. Now I'm going to get started on my stuff because – Mike's got to go. So I, 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 I want to say one thing, though, before you do, and I don't want to take up your time, but Fantasy Grounds also has all of that maps and everything integrated yeah. in the books. And so, like, oh, Roll20 yeah, yeah. is not, not no. the only thing that does that. No, so both, are, both have really big learning curves, though. Yep. Fantasy Grounds has a large learning curve, yeah, but it's Same but it's actually – I, I had an easier time with Fantasy Grounds – running the game itself yeah. my players didn't have to have any kind of knowledge like i literally my two teenagers i spent 10 minutes yeah. showing them where things are and they're good like they don't have to do anything but i as the dm had yeah. to go in put their all their Maybe information that's, in yeah their and that's portions. certainly where i was coming from yeah yeah that's so. what i was looking at yeah so anyway, we're already uh, 45 seconds into my time, and I didn't want to pause it because I know Mike is on a, on a schedule here. So, cupcake. Uh, <laughs> the, the good news is um, we, we only played three times uh, since the last time we've all chatted. Uh, well, that, technically we played four times, but one of them I'm not going to talk about. Um, Sorry. And so we had three sessions of Curse of Strahd, and when we left off last time, they had decided that they were going to go after the seeds – uh, from the Wizard of Wines, you know, there's the three missing seeds that help them get the winery going again. And this is after they kind of ignored it for a while. So now the winery has been completely obliterated by the giant tree, Winter Splinter, and, and what have you. And they discovered that as they were on their way down to Yester Hill. And they're like, oh, hey, the winery is not looking so good and all the people are gone. Uh, oops. Um, and, and so they made it to Yester Hill. And then the the first session since we last chatted was um, the battle at Yester Hill. Um, I went ahead and, and 
had the the what is it the druids and the berserkers sort of leap out out of the burial cairns uh, and then winter splinter you know came to life uh, there in the middle of it you know even though the ritual wasn't in the middle of happening that already happened but i wanted to have that big battle at yesterhill uh, strad showed up at one point and just sort of watched from a distance and so one of the characters like decided not to take her action that turn instead or uh, used her action to send uh, a, a magical like sending or a message or whatever to strad and talk to him about what's going on or why he's there uh, and so then they, they, you know, after they finished off the battle, he's like, all right, well, bye. And as he waves by, you know, he, he lobs a fireball at him and then oh, <laughs> rides off on his, on his nightmare. What is that? What a <laughs> Just, jerk. You know, kind of a, well, exactly. He is a jerk. Right? Um, Man. Uh, and, and they were, uh, that seems low for Strahd. Oh, well, he's well, I figured it was it was his way of trying to poke them a little bit because they already got the dinner invitation and then they went and did this instead. Uh, right. <laughs> so he's like, fine. <laughs> Let me remind you, I, you're, I'm st- the dinner's getting cold. Let me heat it up for you. <laughs> um, so. So anyway, uh, and then they, they explored Yesterhill a little bit and were really confused, I think, because there's the, the wall of mist and the scene of the city in the distance. And there's no real way for them to find out why there's this, the city in the distance through the mist. Um, you know, it's described as, as it's basically there to torture Strahd. That's his, his hometown, right? But it's not really there. It's just an illusion. And he comes and sort of stares at it sometimes or whatever. But there's no way for the players to find that out. So they're like, oh, there's a city there. Maybe we can get there. That looks like a decent-sized city. Maybe we can get some help or, or whatever. Uh, and so they, you know, they start walking into the mist. And I guess it's the first time they've walked into the mist. They've got to find out not to do that, right? <laughs> so, um, so that happened. And then they... They they took a shortcut across the woods because their map seemed to indicate they could they could get to another uh, faster trail that way to get back to to Vallaki. and they did. And I threw a, like an extra encounter at him for going through the dangers of, of wandering through this Vallach woods. Um, then they they oh then they decided to to go after the next seed, which you know is in Berez. Uh, supposedly being held by Baba Lysaga. Uh, that was super fun, actually. We, we spent a, a whole encounter of them, like, exploring the ruins of Berez, and then they, they find the hut of, of Baba Lysaga, and one of the characters is like, ah, I'm, I, I need to go talk to this woman. Like, clearly there's something weird going on with her. They got the warning from the, the one woman across the, the river, uh, the, the were-raven, although they don't, I don't know that they know she's a were-raven. They talk to her, uh, and and she gives the warning. Like she's this is the most ancient creature in all of Barovia. Like, watch out! Like that's her intent to be like the level barrier of like, uh, make sure you're powerful enough before you go wandering into Berez. Uh, and they went, you know, oh, don't worry about us. We got this, right? Like typical adventurers. Oh, we've run into challenging things before that people warned us about. It always works out fine. We always take care of business, right? So they had this great role-playing encounter. Uh, there was this opportunity f- uh, for exposition with her. Uh, you know, the, the whole idea of her sitting there with her own 
baby version of Strahd that she's rocking. Uh, and they're like, wait, wait a minute. How is baby Strahd here? But grown up Strahd is there. And they came up with some convoluted thing that when he's destroyed, he doesn't actually like get reincarnated. There's just a constant cycle of Strahd growing yeah. up uh, and whatever. <laughs> nice. <laughs> until, nice. One of, until one of them finally figured out it was an illusion. Right. And I got to sing uh, baby Strahd. Do, 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 do. You know, that was a good time. <laughs> Was so, there a point where you're like, you know what? I'm I'm not going with the illusion. I'm going with that loop. <laughs> yeah, I, that well, loop is great. Rod loop. That's pretty great. It's kind of fun, but but it doesn't fit into my larger meta story. So <laughs> so um, so yeah. I skipped it. But um, they and they eventually figured out. Somebody eventually was able to to make the save to notice the illusion or make get the perception check or whatever it was to notice the illusion. And then then they went back and realized, oh. The seed that we're looking for is under the – like we can see the light glowing up from under her. They didn't put two and two together before and they realized that's the seed. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to need that from you. And she's like, no. you know. And they're like, oh, I'm going to have to insist. And I start I start prying up the floorboards. And I'm like, all right, I guess roll for initiative. <laughs> you know? You're going to start prying up the floorboards of the, the poor old lady's house, right? Uh, and then, and that encounter, I, I did enough. I, I did enough thinking in in my the monsters know what they're doing sort of way, right? And then I also did a little bit of research on how other people have strategized that encounter, uh, and so it it went really well. It was super challenging, which um, is not always the case, uh, especially because they came into Barovia uh, several levels higher than than the adventures written for. Um, but like she immediately. You know, bonus action, Misty stepped out to the skull, move action, fly the skull 40 feet straight up, uh, and then and then normal action, cloud kill, just outside of the hut, which is where most of the party is, is hanging out outside the hut. And I also – so she has this ability to summon insect swarms and they they last either until they die or she dismisses them. So the adventure doesn't say this, but I'm like, well, they're a little higher level. She should already have a few swarms just sitting around waiting. Right. And so, so I threw like six insect swarms at him just to keep him busy, but also it kept him trapped inside the cloud kill. And then anybody in the hut that wanted to come out and help had to go out through the cloud kill. And then of course the hut comes to life and attacks as well. So, so the, the encounter came out really well. And then that provided me with all kinds of exposition after they started beating her and the tide had turned a little bit. She's like, why are you doing this to me? It's not like I'm grinding children's bones and meat into pastries or, or stealing uh, kids uh, from the world and, and making them fight to the death like the werewolves do. You know, so, so she suddenly like – she's like, I'm just here with my, my baby Strahd. Why are you doing this? Right? And so suddenly she – they got a little clue as to some of the other horrible things going on that otherwise they may not have picked up on uh, as well. And now they're like, oh, oh wait, wait, what? Look, we got to kill you but then – there's some other stuff we got to look into. What is going on with the pastries and the and, and the werewolves, right? Uh, so that was fantastic. And then they once again decided to skip following the trail all the way around because uh, you could see uh, from the trail going to and from Berez, you can see Argon Vostholt like up on the cliff, right? Well, I've got a couple of ASMR and somebody with the ability to cast fly, so they just flew to the top and lowered a rope and climbed straight up the cliff instead of going around the the path. Uh, and so we we played some of the lower level of Argon Vostolt as well, uh, and that's where we left off um, from the last time. I also mentioned last time that that I've been playing Descent into Avernus with my kids. Um, <laughs> but we've only played like once since the last time we talked because uh, my oldest has been doing uh, 
three hours of German camp online every day for the last wow. four weeks. So, wow. so, so we haven't played a lot because um, he's been busy doing that. Um, although when we did play, um, it got real rough and somebody was going to have to die. So I made sure it was my DMPC that died. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> how far are you into Avernus? Um, they've just cleared out the dungeon of the dead three. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so anyway, so that's, that's what's happened in my game. And I have, I actually have more questions than anything at this point, although I've already used up two thirds of my time. Um, I guess my first question is twice in like two sessions, they've decided to, to skip, um, the trails and just wander through these incredibly dangerous woods or climb up the cliff or whatever. And I'm, and I'm wondering if, how you feel about that. Like, is that okay? Or do I need to make that more dangerous and make it clear to them? Like that is, there's a reason there are paths and you don't wander from it. I think that, um, so one of the things that I enjoyed about running Curse of Strahd was the idea that there are areas that are, you know, civilized, i.e. Strahd's in control of them, mm-hmm. and areas that he's sort of left out of control. And I, and like, I always had it where like south of the main, there's like that main river and there's that bridge. And everything south of that bridge was outside of his control. He never, you know, he never went down there. And it was completely wild and there was really terrible things down there. And I think having that in the woods too is kind of nice where like Mm -hmm. there's, there's wild things in the woods that are out of even his, you know, he kind of, you know, in my game, he wanted, um, he wanted the characters to kind of shake things up just because he gets bored. Um, but if they go into the woods, he's like, well, you're on your own in there, right? Like I don't, you know, you're not going to get the the blessing of my fireball if you've had, (laughs) um, so I think like it's an opportunity to introduce like the werewolves. Like if you wanted to have a whole fun right. werewolf side of it, there's that those werewolf caves and you could have a bunch of feral werewolves running around in the woods and they could run into that. Um, I think finding like interesting old monuments, you know, old pieces mm. of old Barovia. And I would probably like anytime they're traveling between two places and they're going through the woods, I would probably have them run into one interesting place with some kind of cool bit of old lore and then run into some nasty, you know, shadows or like, you know, the, 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 you know, what are some of the undead that he doesn't control? You know, maybe the lich from, uh, the, whatever, but the Amber temple, maybe he has agents that are out there, Mm -hmm. you know, that are not under the the control. And then the characters can kind of learn things like, Oh, Strahd doesn't really control all this place or parts of the that was going to be my actual, the thing that I said that the value in having them run into sort of these really dangerous areas rather than just skip through them is that they learn that while Strahd is the villain, he's actually keeping a civilized area civilized mm, in yeah. a way. Right. right. In, and, in and, his way. Right. Right. And so, so, you know, how they deal with that could be an interesting sort of, moral question or or social question or or what have you depending on how they end up approaching that but at least it opens up that possibility where maybe when they interact with him they have a little more understanding of how he's maintaining control over his domain or or not as the case may be yeah it's sort of like uh if you remember in tomb of annihilation you could sort of hack the dungeon by getting into the parts of the dungeon that were not right 
Part yeah, you could five. go down the middle stairway, right? Yeah, you, well, yeah. but you could also go through those weird secret doors and end up with yep. the guy who's actually keeping the dungeon working, right? right? Right. And the same could be true in in Curse of Strahd. That like, who are the people that are keeping? You know, what are the what are the parts, the machinations of Barovia that aren't on the surface? So maybe there's like a group of Vistani that aren't either allied with Strahd or allied with Madame Eva. They're like their own, right? And mm-hmm. they've managed to live in the backwoods and keep quiet and not take the main roads. And it's a whole separate group, right? And they're at war with the werewolves who are trying to take over the woods mm-hmm. too. Neither group has any chance of going up against Strahd, but both of them are kind of going against each other. Lots of little interesting bits, but yeah. that's sort of like, can they can they hack you know, can they hack Barovia by staying out of the light? Right. That Strahd's watching. Well, and part of part of the what I think I, I'm I'm really taking one of the big takeaways that I'm hearing is I need to come up with like all I had ready to go was my my list of random encounters that I had prepared, uh, which is more than just what's in the book, but but aren't nearly difficult enough to dissuade them from just wandering through the woods and recognizing that there's a savagery and a danger of doing so, and, and pointing out the civilization that Strahd has brought to the other regions. So, so I think that's a, a good idea. Uh, I had one other question real fast before my time runs out and before Mike has to run. Um, the, the, the straw dinner thing, like I, they had higher priorities when I first gave the dinner. So they're like, well, I know he wants us to meet, but we're not quite sure. And I want to go do something else and whatever. So I, I made it clear that the invitation would wait a day or two if they, if it needed to. Right. What uh, happens and, if they never take it? Right. Well, and, and, and now, and now they're, they're sitting here with this meal for two weeks. Well, right. And now their, their, their attitude is, well, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it, just like in the other side quest. And I feel like I've lost that sense of urgency that, you know, yeah. uh, so I, I guess I need, you know, they felt it for a moment when Strahd, you know, showed up and lobbed that fireball at him. They're like, Oh, maybe we should be paying attention to this. But, um, but I haven't kept up that, that kept that heat up, so to speak. Um, yeah, I guess one one difference is I I did not put the dinner invitation out for a while. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's un, it's unfortunate because you, you by the time you know, and the way I would have wanted it to play out is that I I I would want them to get the dinner invitation right at the point where they've been thinking about how they're going to go there, right? Oh. And now they know, oh wow, he's just invited. Like we were going to go raid the place and go climbing up special ops style up the up the wall, and now he's just like, here's a carriage, you right. know, come on come on by. Well, that um, ship is sailed. Yes, that ship sailed. <laughs> so might pull it away, right, and say, "Never mind, he's not." Yeah, and then wait, and then wait until they're like, you mm. know, t- some other level of urgency brings them, and then he, you know, then the car instead of the invitation, the carriage shows up, right? Like, and and you could have a fun bit where like he's watching them always. Mm. So the minute they say we need to figure out a way to get to Strahd's castle, is the minute they go out the door, and there's this creepy cat, you know, creepy you know, uh, uh, creepy carriage with a creepy dude driving it, ready to take them there. Mm -hmm. Or, or, or you, um, you have them start hearing everywhere they go. They start hearing about how, uh, you know, all of the, the nobles and the important people in the region can't wait to get their invitation. Right. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. question is like, what do they get? So they get, they get to go there and they get, you know, to have Strahd kind of talk, smack right but but so the so i they guess don't really where I, anything from the you know, yeah, like, but, but where i'm where i'm going is though that the people that are in his domain they it's an honor to be 
invited, right. right? And so for them, it's like showing how they have they they have gravitas right. in Barovia. Well, and I, Strahd Strahd himself sent a carriage for right. them, and and so when they start hearing these other people that have gotten this invitation and have have taken Strahd up on this invitation, like and but it's hush hush what happens when you're there, but it just shows that you're, like mm-hmm. then they might start thinking, well, wait, didn't we get an invitation or you know mm-hmm. and right so Too it late. actually you blew it. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah right 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 so yeah, yeah. no and, I, and I, have, I, I have what i'm saying is make it enticing in a way that is more devious than just making sure. the carrot show up like make them suddenly actually want to pay attention to that but not just by attacking them or whatever like have it shown in a collateral way or in an indirect way how how it's important for them to suddenly pay attention to that invitation now mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i'll, I mean, I'll have to think about how drive- i can do that the drive of the adventure is in two areas, right? And one area is uh, that it's possible that one of the three things that they need to acquire is in the castle, and they have to go there and get it. Hopefully, one of them is. They already right? have all the things. They already have. Well, so, what are they? Are they just like, hey, let's wander the countryside and collect loot? Uh, they're, they're, what's what's they're, driving their motivation? Effect- well, right now, they're, they're what's we're driving- good. We don't want to leave the forest. No, no. They desperately hate Strahd and want to see him destroyed. But right now they're right. working some side quests of, of like the seeds and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so um, they, they've guess, re- they've recently could, learned yeah, that could, the third seed is somewhere in the Margrave, which I've incorporated into my Barovia. So, yeah, so he could turn up. The, are they how what level are they? Uh, they just hit eight. So they're mm. they're they're in Strahd territory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this might be the point. Like in my in my running, there's like a there's a port there's a there's a part of the adventure where he is interested to see how they shake things up, and then there's a part where he's like, uh oh, I think I set fire to my own forest. Right, right. And and where I I these guys might actually be able to stop my plans. And then he goes hostile, right. And maybe well, the dinner party's over, right. Think, and now they're just getting onslaughted, you know, onslaught attacks by vampire right, adventurers. Right. I've been, and I've, all been of other guys. I've been pretty eager to one of the things I intend on doing at the dinner party is um, is have Strahd just basically lay it out for him. Like, look, here's the deal. I don't want to be here. You don't want right. me to be here. I am willing to make one of you in charge, like be be my my replacement. You can take over. Right. You're in charge of Barovia. Run it however you want. Be nice to the people, whatever. It'll be great for you. Yeah. All I want is you to take over for me. And arena, so you know mm-hmm. what is is saving so, all of the people of the valley worth giving up this one this one girl? Yeah, you. What if he brought the dinner party to them and like they're camping one night, taking their long rest, <laughs> and he just and shows up. All, yeah, and and they're all cooking marshmallows and and wieners oh. in the fire, and they look like there's too many wieners in the fire, and like oh, strong. <laughs> and he's like sitting there roasting a weenie, and you know, and he's like, hey, I wanted to have a chat, right? Right. That so you know, that he, he could have that conversation with them mm-hmm. and say, like, here's the deal. You either do this or I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Right. OK. And then if they're like, uh, we'll go with, with option B, then he disappears and like eight vampire spawns show up. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God. OK, good. I have a few options, uh, a few ideas on the on the table now, but we are past Mike's bedtime. I know. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up here. My time actually ran out and then. 
you decided to, to keep answering my question, which is great. I don't mind. Uh, yeah. So uh, I want to let people know if you want to watch the show, we uh, we do stream our recording live. It is twitch.tv slash Tome Show. Uh, in fact, you'll want to make sure you are following us uh, on Twitch um, come next month for the Skull Splitter uh, contest. You can also find us on Discord, uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Those are all places you can come and hang out and interact with uh, the Tome Show and its community, and it's lots of fun. So uh, I promise that every now and then Mike's cat will apparently make an appearance uh, in one of those places. So, uh, And that's it. That's, that's our episode. Short out my mic. Uh, that's behind the DM screen for August of 2020, and I think we're done now. Say goodnight, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.